0: Say hi.
1: Hi. Mic check. Mic
0: check. check 2 on 2. We'll just make sure that it that sound works.
1: And what tone I need to have in my voice. Too
0: deep. Too deep. Too deep. No foot banging, no shuffling, no burping. Do you understand? I'll try. <laughs> Welcome back guys to the potty. We have another episode with Sean. Yo. The husband aka bro.
1: My dog Morgan. <laughs>
0: Talk. um You just got home from work. How was your day? It was good.
1: It was very quiet, so it was nice to have a bit of a break.
0: It's not often you have a quiet day. No. It wasn't good. very quiet. It was just quieter than just normal. Just quieter
1: than normal. So we just took advantage of that and chilled out, and cleaned up, and
0: put up things. Nice to have a catch up, hey? Yep, well, it was good. How are you liking having me there, helping you more? It's good. See your pretty face every day. You're my boss now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bang your feet. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's cool And business has been good lately Want yep. And talk about it? Always good I actually just did a podcast um, that I released The day we're recording this, i just released it um, And I was speaking about The ebb and flow of like Our relationship And how at the moment I'm doing like A lot of the house stuff and like the kids And taking them to school and doing lunches And cooking dinner and all that stuff And how there was you know, and I'm like, I understand that this is a time in your life where you're building and stuff like that. And how it was the opposite not that long ago.
1: Yeah, their roles have changed.
0: It's like a pendulum swing yep. of like, yeah, I was building my salon and you were really hands-on. You were, doing, you were cooking every night. Yeah. Go away. Um, the emails.
1: Yeah, I was a stay-at-home dad for a little while. You
0: were a stay-at-home dad. How'd you like that? I miss it. You miss it? <laughs> I don't think you... you Did you like it there? I did like it, yeah. I mean, it was nice for you to be with the kids while they were little. Yeah. For a little bit. You didn't do it for that long.
1: No, it wasn't long. It was like three weeks or four weeks. And done. then you
0: went balls to the wall with your business. Yeah, that's she... um, <laughs> it. And... Well, it was good. Though. I liked
1: it. It was like...
0: Well, it gave you the opportunity to relate to me, and, yeah. like, being a stay-at-home mum. Not that I was ever... Re- I wasn't a stay-at-home mum for very long, was I? No. Hmm. I wasn't thriving in that role.
1: I used to come home and be like, oh, why isn't the bloody washing done and this and that? And then when I was a stay-at-home dad, you'd come home and be like, what have you been doing the whole time? And I was like, shit, I was actually supposed to be doing stuff today, not just having fun. Not just <laughs> playing with the kids. Not just playing with the kids and going out doing fun stuff.
0: It's tough, though. You really can't relate like to being, to being home with kids and doing the house role. You can't relate until you've done it. <sighs> Absolutely, and I really feel Especially like with little kids. People don't understand
1: how hard it is to look after little kids.
0: I know. You have had
1: them, and then you're like, yeah, no, nah, that's shit.
0: It's a drain. I feel like it's more mentally draining sometimes than being at work.
1: Sometimes, until they have naps, that's good.
0: Until you have five staff and you're trying to navigate, yeah, all of them. They're not kids, but it's still a similar principle. Not really thinking for many people. They're adults, though, I guess. Yeah,
1: it's a bit different. Yeah, changing nappies.
0: That's funny, as um, but. Yeah, business is going well, and they're more making sure things run smoothly. And we've been cleaning up lots of systems and processes, haven't we?
1: Yes, it's very good having you there, making sure things are going smoothly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So one of the biggest reasons for everyone listening like that, I stepped in and took over the... We don't really have a name for it, but it's like accounts manager, business manager kind of role, taking care of the books and accounts...
1: Yeah, I'd probably call it like accounting.
0: Accounting. It's not accounting. I'm not an accountant. But just looking after those sorts of things and like just the systems and structures behind the scenes as well. Like all of the reconciling, all of the chasing up bills and um, literally paying all the bills, ensuring that like our relationship with suppliers goes run smoothly and stuff like that as well. Financial
1: consultant.
0: Financial consultant, doing the the behind the scenes business stuff, whereas you're like operations on the floor.
1: I'm mm. operations manager. You're finance manager.
0: <laughs> you can call it what you will. um exactly Mad right. dog and mad bitch, yeah, just exactly. taking on the world. Two young kids that had no clue what they were doing. Still starting don't the time starting
1: it. Just goes goes in the right direction most of the time.
0: How how cool is it though to like look back at like. Our lives, so we met when we were 16 and 20, and then what I think we moved in. We had our rat bag stage for a while, we moved in together when I, we were like 19 and 23.
1: Something like, I remember, yeah. No money, no, nah.
0: neither of us come from wealthy families.
1: We always worked hard, so we had money, but we just blew it all. Well,
0: we budgeted, <laughs> we used to budget $70 a week we used to for food. We partied hard for our younger years, but we stopped that pretty young. When you when you look at young people these days,
1: I think we still
0: party hard. We don't <laughs> party hard. We didn't. We don't party like we used to party. We used to hectic party, not yeah. hectic party. We used to sesh. Yeah, we used to sesh long long before kids. We don't sesh anymore. No. Now we get to like ten and thirty, we're like, oh, we need half a cuppa. Pretty much. <laughs> it's time for bed. But like looking back, like. We can honestly say we're we're self made and we've built our our success off our own backs. Oh yeah. Like I'm, we,
1: I'm proud of that too. That's a big motivator for me.
0: Yeah. And like I feel like you know, we've never whilst we've had support and stuff like that from our families, we've never had big handouts or no. or anything like that where
1: we've always had support and help where it needed, but we never got cop chop outs so.
0: No. We ne- we were never given everything and like there's no shade on people that, that accept help i think if it's there that's amazing but we're not I, I actually said this in the podcast that i just released one before this of like we're not privy to hard work no and that's that was a big factor of me going back to hairdressing like just very very slightly just a little bit and like you know being more involved in your business and stuff like that was mm. just that you know the, the the current climate it is changing
1: yeah and i want to do the hard work now so our kids don't do it like we did. I want to be able to buy my kids their first cars and yeah. spoil them as much as I can. But at the same time, teach them values as well.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I want to do
1: the work now so they don't have to later.
0: Well, I don't ever want our kids to be out of touch with like reality. Oh, that too, of course. Literally, that sounded like a street sweeper. Um, I, I think it's important that our kids learn the, the ropes of life. Oh, yeah. They're not just going to have everything given to them, but at the same time, I want them to be able to have experiences and stuff like that as yeah. well.
1: I think already so far in their young lives, they have witnessed that already. Like, they're pretty... They have good lads. They're pretty savvy to, you know, understanding how things work. Like, you know, just get things given to you and, you know, gotta work for what you want. And if you, you know, your behaviour's got to be right to get the things that you want and whatnot. You know, that's all the lessons that we... um
0: We teach them. Teach them. We like, do teach them that. We yes. have the conversations of Dad's working late because... We need to, you know, yeah. earn money to do nice things, to yep. go to on holidays and stuff Yeah, like you that.
1: want you know, nice toys and motorbikes and this and that. Well, you got to put in the hard yards to get them, not just they don't fall out of the sky. Mm,
0: it would be good if they did. Wouldn't <sighs> that be, nice. <laughs> be nice? would yep. that be nice? Yeah. hardworking hard-working folks. But it is. And it's like, you know, we were always taught that too, though. Like, our family has yeah. always taught us that you need to work for what you want. Yep. And Definitely. all that stuff So. Now, you've been listening to my podcasts. Yes, I have. All of them? Yep. At the gym? Yep. How, how have they been going?
1: I like it. It gives me an insight to what's going on in your head. Yeah. So sometimes a little bit more detailed than what you actually let out.
0: Yeah. I think that I, when I'm just in my potty flow, I'm really open and vulnerable it's easy to be vulnerable when no one's sitting there in front of you. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And, you know, you've got time to talk, where sometimes when you talk to someone else, you're just, like, interrupted or you don't have the time, but you don't want to sit there for, like, an hour straight and just, like, spew. Yeah. We're on a podcast. That's what you do.
0: Well, I'm there to and do people that. people want to listen, they listen, Yeah. And, like, as well, I think probably there's an element that I projected that you couldn't, wouldn't understand what I was saying or that you couldn't hold it or that you didn't want to hear it. So the fact that I didn't tell you to listen to my podcast, like you just, that's just something that you did. Yeah. Um, and you would come home and be like, I listened to your podcast or you'd text me and be like, I listened to this. It was really good. And like that meant a lot to me because it was like, Oh, he actually cares what I have to say. So it was, it's been cool for me to observe that maybe I was projecting that you didn't care what I have to say, or mm. you wouldn't understand the way that I say things or yeah. because you don't quotations do the work, but you actually do. Yeah. Like, we ha- the conversations that we have, like, doing this right now is working. Like, yeah. it is work. You just got to talk
1: and people listen.
0: That's it. And so, like, obviously, one of the last podcasts I did was just surrounding what happened with Max. Yeah. And that's something that you didn't, like, you, do you want to elaborate how you felt when you listened to that podcast?
1: Oh, like I said to you, it was like, it was seeing it from a different perspective. Like, we were both there and we both did it um But some of the things that you said on that podcast, you know, I didn't understand the deepness from your perspective, where I had, you know, my own views and things like that.
0: Like the miscarriage?
1: Yeah, like that. Like, I never realized that, you know, I knew it was a big deal, but for me, like, it seemed like it was kind of Another there and period. then gone. And then mm. it was, you know, it's like, oh, she's upset. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. And then, but for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay. And then, it wasn't much longer before Max was conceived, so I kind of forgot about it. Right?
0: Yeah, straight into the next thing. Because then... it
1: wasn't my body that was going through it. You know, it wasn't my emotions. I was kind of just on the sidelines like, oh, shit, that's no good right?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting how, how, like, again, you can both live the same experiences, but both have, like, complete... Not completely different, but a little bit different perspectives and, like, you know... Oh, hugely different perspectives, you know? like Yeah.
1: You've got... Female mum emotions about- you know things in particular where for me it wasn't as you know yeah, i logical deal but it's like it didn't affect me as much because it wasn't physically me going through it. I was kind of just watching back like for something like that, looking from the sideline being like, oh fuck, you know, and then it was like. Not long after, Max was conceived, so I was kind of just like, oh, cool. No, we we'll good. start again. Right.
0: Yeah, like you kind of, it's easy for you. But a man
1: will them. never understand a woman's perspective of a miscarriage or anything like that, never, no matter what. Like, no, no. Nah. It's just not something that's ever going to happen for a man.
0: No, and like, I think a man, like, I think a lot of partners will never understand their partner's perspectives or, or how they feel or be able to relate in a lot of things. Oh, absolutely,
1: and pregnancy in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like, you are very like logical and like I'm very emotional yeah. and that is the feminine is emotional and the masculine is logical yeah. and so you probably saw or experienced a lot of that time from a logical standpoint yeah whereas I was you know I was the one crying every second day I was the one yeah, that was a mess I, yeah, was, I was a
1: man was supposed to understand that well, yeah it's just not gonna happen
0: and like what when I said about like going home and I, I'm sure you remember like that first night when we came home and I was just like sitting in bed and I was, I was, quotations, fine until I wasn't. And I was mm. like, my baby isn't in my belly anymore. He was 24 hours ago, less than 24 hours ago, he was in there. Yeah. Now he's not. I don't have him here with me. And I just lost it. I remember you waking up because you were asleep and you woke up and I was like, I can't even do the noise, but I was like, I couldn't even breathe. Mm. I was just like, that Shoot. upset, just like so upset um and like i think for you it's like you didn't feel that level of maybe emotion whilst it was shit and it was hard and it was tough Hmm. mentally and emotionally that level of emotion mother's
1: bond is a mother's bond and can't be replaced yeah
0: and like your father's
1: bond's good too but it's never the same as a mother's bond it's just never just not
0: yeah and like your hormones are coming down from like you know your body's adjusting from being pregnant yeah, to mental, not being mentally pregnant. and physically, or. yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like knowing that your baby's not there and he's he's there, but he's you yeah. can't be there with him, kind mm. of thing it was very hard. Um, but that's like a lot of things in life is that I'm quite often the emotional person and you're the logical, yeah, sometimes,
1: most of the time, probably, yeah, I have to try and think about things logically all of the time,
0: yeah, but you're a very, um. You're a very secure person, and I think even coming into our relationship, like, I don't know, do you know much about attachment styles? Sure.
1: Sure,
0: sure. But, like, I was very anxiously attached, sometimes avoidant. You were maybe a little bit avoidant at the start, because you didn't want to be my boyfriend and all that stuff for a while, you didn't commit. Mm. Um, but, like, coming as our relationship progressed, you've always been a very secure like logical and secure it's the only way i can kind of explain it and it took me a bit emotionally to catch up and become secure and it took me to work on myself a lot and i think that that was always hard for me to relate to you mm. being so just like okay with me doing what i wanted to do
1: but i think the, it just come, it also just comes to down yeah, to maturing with age i was like, probably, a couple of years older than you and which i still am and i probably Go through that little bit of maturity quicker, something, some something. So
0: yeah, you're actually now the thing about you—you've are always been, no, not always, but you emotionally matured real quick. Yeah. Especially when we had kids. Hmm. But you sort of have to. Well, it's not. To, yeah, you, but a lot of people don't. Yeah, a
1: lot of people don't. I actually. know
0: with some very, um, very, very emotionally immature people, like that dude i married at first sight. Who he has a kid, and he's. Yeah, it's the just, most. Uh, oh my god! I just actually can't even. But it is. It's like you can be forty-five, fifty, doesn't mean you're actually mature. Ah, oh,
1: just and, you know, emotionally. You can try and be mature and all that. Really, at the end of the day, it makes your life easier when you just think logically and try and use emotions for other things. But then again, some people call me cold because I can got really good control of my emotions
0: yeah i don't think it's even having control of your emotions that makes you emotionally mature i think it's knowing that when to respond and when to you know like not every for me i was a very reactive person my whole life because that's just the way i was kind of brought up in a very reactive household mm. whereas you you're not reactive you would just respond and I don't know, face things differently where I would, wouldn't be out of control of that emotion. Yeah. But then for a while, maybe, yeah, you did probably suppress your emotions a little bit. Whereas to me, emotional maturity means you can identify what you feel, you can yeah. speak about how you feel and you can feel how you feel yeah. and then like move on.
1: Oh, I think definitely growing and getting older is you realise that hiding and <coughs> bottlenecking your emotions does not do you any favours. No, but- um, It's one thing that you've always, which I've always done is just put my emotions aside and think logically, which is good sometimes, but it's also bad sometimes because you do, you bottleneck them up and then you put them away and sometimes it it comes out later on really nastily or you you, you bottle up the emotions about something and then when it comes out, it comes out a lot.
0: Do you feel comfortable talking about losing your mum? Yeah. That's something that you did. So you were 21 when you lost your mum? Yep. That period of your life, you were like a fucking exploding bottle of trapped up emotions. Yeah. And we actually spoke about this the other week, Um, just the way that you grieved. And I knew at the time that the way you were coping wasn't healthy. But I also knew that it wasn't my responsibility to tell you how to grieve.
1: Yeah, that's a perfect example of like controlling your emotions is like i guess you almost say in that instance i over controlled my emotions where i just let everything be okay and it's fine and all that and then sometimes i would get drunk and i would literally cry myself to sleep like, yeah that's i'd have a few beers and then that's when the emotions would come out when i couldn't control it anymore yeah. and i would cry myself to sleep yeah um and then just wake up in the morning be like, yeah cool got that out all good yeah it's like that's not being in control of your emotions at all like, well that's just hiding them away until they break
0: out well your yeah, alcohol is your alcohol dropped your guard
1: yeah like, that's exactly right yeah
0: and then you yeah. you let it out which that's we don't recommend that we don't recommend no, using that's your a
1: terrible idea like, your talk alcohol. about it talk about your emotions you know mm. which is one thing i never did personally like even to our family we didn't talk about it like I and mean, you know we still don't a lot maybe until we've had it all had a few beers and then we might but it's something that, you know, we don't communicate really well about some things. Like,
0: Your dad's not a big communicator. No, he's definitely <laughs> not. He's not a big
1: communicator. And, you no. know, it's just he won't talk about his emotions especially. Like, he won't even hug me until um he's had a few beers. And then he gets a bit emotional and he'll have a hug then. But it's like that's a prime example of having... What some people would see as great control over your emotions, but it's really not.
0: Yeah, it goes both ways. Hey, it goes both ways.
1: It's extreme up and extreme down. Like, yeah. you can pack your emotions away in a little envelope and put them away, but then when it comes out, it comes out hard. Ugh.
0: If my face was an emoji right now, it would be the love heart eyes, because I just love it when you are open. Yeah. Like, this makes me fall so much more deeper in love with you, mm. because it's like this is something that I probably thought you'd never ever speak about, and I. Probably feel like I don't force you to communicate, but naturally I'm a good communicator, yeah. and I think that opens you up a oh, lot. You,
1: and it's, you get older and experience, I think, as well. Like, I don't know, mum died what 12 years ago, or fucking when was it? 2010. Yeah,
0: 12,
1: 13 years ago. 13 years ago, you know, it takes a long time to realize how you do have to cope with some things. You know, still, I feel like I cope fairly well now, but you still have lessons to learn.
0: Yeah, and you're still going to have layers of grief that come up.
1: Oh, all the time, every day. Uh,
0: like having the kids, having Lexi, she's obviously our eldest, I remember that brought up a huge, I could tell, a huge layer of grief for you. Yeah. That it was like the biggest thing that's ever happened to you in your life and like the first thing you naturally want to do when you have a kid is go to your mom and be like, Yeah. Hey mom, like, this, oh, you yeah. know, I can't. Oh, I've got to sleep. Like, what do I do? Like, you want advice? You want to share the moments? Like, yeah. you know, and that I could tell. I remember you getting quite upset, mm. and like, actually, you spoke about it and you let it out.
1: Yeah. And Even still, like, I would love that the the kids would know their name, like, but they just never will, which is a shame. But it's just, mm. it's just what it is And I feel bad for them as well, but you know, that's just part of it.
0: Yeah, and it's like. This is what I spoke about in that in the podcast about Max. It's like things shitty things fucking happen and you don't actually understand why. But like at the time when your mum passed away, I was obviously with you, but we weren't official. And it's like if that big, huge tragedy in your life didn't happen, would you have ever committed? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, wrong. maybe you might not have committed, maybe. You, you would have gone down a bad path. Maybe you wouldn't have Lexi and Max.
1: Well, that's exactly right. Who would know? Well, it could mm. be a totally different story.
0: That's it. But, yeah, I love that you, like, can see that maybe you didn't grieve in the most healthiest way. You grieved in the way you knew. That's just, you just did what you did to get through.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I was young at the time and, you know, partying and what, stuff like that. And that just didn't encourage it. But it was like, it felt like a coping mechanism. At the time, it felt like it kind of worked, but it really didn't work. It just, just like, you know, sheltered everything. Off.
0: Yeah, but it probably served a purpose at the time. Yeah. You I'm, can't regret. I don't think, think alcohol
1: is really a, a mechanism for anything, really. Like,
0: Yeah.
1: Like, it doesn't help. It doesn't, like, you, might, <laughs> you might feel better or when you have a cry or whatever, and then you wake up the next morning, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Like, where you would literally be better talking to someone, when you're sober, and then, you know, dealing with it, and then going to be a later, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah, you, you never, like, use alcohol as, oh, yeah, it's just, like, oh, it's going to help. It's like, no, it doesn't oh.
0: Alcohol is not the devil, but it's not the solution. No, that's right. But,
1: like, like, I think communication is the solution. Like,
0: mm. That's like when you hurt your foot, and I could tell you're in, like, a, I wouldn't say a dark place, but a difficult place. Because you were relying on me. You oh, couldn't yeah. work. You couldn't just, even walk. Yeah, just down. Like. You, I noticed that you, you drank a little bit more, and that's when I actually pulled you up and said to you, like, why, you know, I see a pattern here. When you don't cope, you start to mm. maybe unconsciously, like, it's not like you were sitting there going, fuck this, I'm going to have a beer because my foot's sore and I'm depressed. Yeah,
1: that's, for me, that's what it's like. It's definitely an unconscious thing. Well, I grew up in a family of really big drinkers. Yep. Having so a them. beer was what you did. Mm. Like, if something was wrong... Uh, have a beer, or make it all good. Don't stress, you know. Like, have a beer to do this, have a beer to do that. Go to something, have a beer, no worries. And that's just
0: what. It's a culture.
1: It was a culture. And that was my family's culture. Like, I always got taught when I was a kid shit, we never used to go anywhere unless there was an esky full of beer with us, you know. It was just a kind of laughable thing. Oh, yeah, have a beer, no worries. And then later on in life, I realized, Jesus, that, like, it rubbed off on me so much. Like, I and mean, then I just accepted, like, no, no, that's just what you did. It's like, well, it's all well and good, but it's like, you got to remember that, you know, there's other things as well. Uh, mm. And especially when it comes to emotions and grief and things like that, having a beer doesn't fix it. Uh, yeah,
0: or, or mental health issues like or mental anxiety, health issues, like depression. depression
1: like yeah, anything like that. Having a beer is not going to help you. Like having a beer is, for me now, yeah, is when you're having a good time and it's something you can enjoy
0: yeah so i've got a rule with drinking and that is and i've actually lived by this for a while now maybe a couple of years is that i only drink when i'm in a high vibe like i'm happy Mm. and i'm vibing and i'm feeling it if i'm sad if i'm stressed or whatever the thing if it's a negative emotion i know that drinking is only gonna it's gonna temporarily distract me from that emotion but i'm gonna feel shitter later
1: yeah
0: and and then potentially you know, it starts to break my self-trust. that Like, oh, I can't actually deal with my emotions sober or, you know, like people drink to to become confident or to relieve their anxiety and it's like a temporary relief. But afterwards and long-term, it does more damage than good. We all
1: get taught at school from Harold in the life event that alcohol is a depressant. And at the time, you're like, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but we all know. And it's not till later in life when you start to deal with grief and some of these things when you incorporate alcohol with as you start to go, oh... Yeah, go of these. Uh, it
0: is, yeah. Like whether
1: you want to admit it or not. But...
0: Yeah, and there's so many other healthier ways to drop your guard. Like, you, that, you know yeah. how we're talking about the guard dropping, like, and then letting out your emotions. Like, there's pushing through out of your comfort zone and just, like, being vulnerable with someone. Or, mm. like, there's breath work. Like, there's actually so many other options. Oh, there's lots of things. To smart. let your guard down and let your emotions out than like seeing a counselor or a therapist
1: yeah. or i'm still someone who loves a beer that's always going to be something that i like but i now realize that you don't try and use it or excuse it so you just it is what it is and if you're trying to get something out of it that's not that well then you are back up the wrong tree mm, like this
0: is not the solution it's not the thing. solution
1: and It took me a long time to realize that like yeah. for a lot for a lot of things I'm like oh i'll just fucking have a beer and deal with it tomorrow it's like well yeah having a beer that's fine, but just deal with it now.
0: Think of your future self. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that as you're having a your beer right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, I'm still not
1: shy of a beer. I love a beer. Yeah. Or well, anything, you know, I love a drink, and that's that is something that's always going to be with me. Um.
0: You don't think you'd ever quit?
1: I don't think so. No, I enjoy it too much,
0: mm. and that's the thing. I do
1: enjoy it, but you're got- to rele- learn not to rely on it. Yeah. And you're going to use it for what it's for, and not abuse
0: it, yeah, whereas I've come into a place just recently because i I was very similar, and I've come into a place where I like obviously had a break for my deficit that I'm in, and then I realized how fucking good I felt not having alcohol in my system, so I like didn't quit alcohol because i've had i've had some drinks yeah. since then, but only kind of like a, a social drink if I'm just out or, right back yeah i could, like and you know i I noticed the difference of like. When I don't have a drink, and I'm, I'm actually fine not drinking, but then having a drink, how you feel afterwards, it's not even like the hangover or anything. It's like the inflammation, the puffiness of my face, mm. the way I trained at the gym that week. I can feel it. Just the tiredness difference. and
1: stuff as well are fine.
0: depletes yeah. your energy. If I don't
1: drink for a whole weekend or a week or something, you're a bit more sparky. And then the, the days where you do, you're just a little bit doughy and stuff. Like It, makes, it, makes
0: it, it takes us toll. Well, it gives you brain fog. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah it will kill you eventually.
0: It will kill you eventually. Well, I don't think it's even about killing you. I think it's just about, like, living to optimal health while we're here. Yeah. That's not everyone's goal. But we're, like, you know, getting to a place where we're being more conscious of our health. Hmm. Especially because we're setting an example for our kids. Yeah. Like, you don't want, like, and Max growing up drinking every single day. No. I wouldn't want that. Not really. And so that's the whole, you know, with the emotions, like, you know, your dad not showing... Uh, much emotional, like being a very good communicator. Your your family being big drinkers and having that big drinking culture, you can see how it's passed down from generations of like all of the things mm. that we do. We're passing down to our kids. Oh, and you don't even
1: know. No, like, especially it, in the youngies because they don't communicate it back. It's
0: like that's it. But it's like being conscious that like everything we do now, we're setting an example for our kids mm. from the how much we drink, how the fact that we ch- we go to the gym, you know, every yeah. day. The way that we speak to each other, our marriage, the way that we communicate what Mm. I allow from you and what you allow from me. It's like we have a very... There's times where we might get frustrated at one another and snap at one another. We don't scream at one another. Like It's like we spoke about that in the last podcast we did together. But, you know, what I accept from you, I'm setting the bar for Lexi when she's in a relationship one day. And vice versa, like even with Max, it's like we teach him to be a gentleman Mm. because... You are a gentleman. You know what I mean. You're you're a very, like, um, like divine masculine is what the spiritual world would call it. But like, you're a mask. You're a masculine energy, a very huge masculine energy. Yes, you're not perfect, but like, you're able to be logical. You're able to lead. You're able to pre- be the, our, our protector, and you are. Mm. Like I've said that to you before. Is you make me feel very, very safe and protected, but not protective. Where you're Controlling and Over know, the top. yeah, it's yeah. a very clean and healthy yeah. protector, and that's what you are. You really are a protector, and that's what mm-hmm. I want. You know, Max to be like the protector and the gentleman, but not to the, a gentleman to the point where he's pushover. Yeah, like it's boundaries, and we have boundaries with one another. We have boundaries yeah. with our kids. Like every
1: everything's like you know, like I try and hug the kids as much as I can, and like I'm sure my mum and dad hugged me when I was little as well. But like, <laughs> like. Maybe it changes, I don't know, as your kids get older and go through puberty and don't want to talk to you and whatnot. But it's like, I always want to hug my kids until they're, you know, however old. And like every day when I leave for work, I kiss them both, I say goodbye, and I just hope I can do that forever. I don't care how big they are and ugly they are, I still just want to do that. Mm. Maybe my parents did that with me, I don't know, I don't remember back that far. And I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, get off me. Yeah. So maybe yeah, you know, we do have a lot to your learn Your mum as well. was
0: affectionate. I remember yeah. being affectionate, yep. even as being you being a twenty year old.
1: Yeah, so I always want that with my kids is, is to, I'll tell them I love them every day.
0: I think that do you know what? Like being coming from a like shadow work perspective, it's probably a lot because your dad didn't do that a lot for you. Like thinking you're a dad, that's mm. your dad figure. You're yeah. the dad figure. Your dad figure. So your actual dad didn't do that a lot for you so because you were a bit deprived of that you want to give that to your kids naturally
1: Oh, for sure that yeah that's exactly what i mean it's like even now i i I find it hard to have heavy conversations with my dad because he gets a bit funny about it because he's not really used to those Mm. really confronting conversations unless he's had a couple of beers and then he will yeah and he's happy to chit chat about you know hard things or tough times or love and like you know i'll even say to him sometimes on the phone Love you, and he just sort of just goes, oh, 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 "Oh, see you, mate." And it's like,
0: yeah, oh, it, it doesn't have to be like that. I, yeah, or if he's in person, he'll just like give you this funny nod, like he wants to say something but he can't get the words yeah. like,
1: out. Oh. He'll just give you that "I love you" nod, and it's just kind of like a
0: no words, but no just words. just a look, you know.
1: But it's like, which, and I know that that's that's how he communicates it, but like. Yeah, you know, I'd like. I don't want that for me and my kids. I want to hold them and say I love you and give them a kiss and say have a good day at school. Yeah, which that's what I do every day before I go to work, and that's important for me. Yeah. So.
0: and interestingly, like when we talk about like you, maybe giving the kids the things that you didn't have, mm. it's the same for me. It's like with my mum. We're talking about me here because I'm the mum figure, and my mum, she's the most beautiful human that always gave us and got us what we wanted, but she. Was never a big, deep communicator, right? Mm, yeah. Like, and and emotion, and like we didn't speak about emotions. And my yep. mom, like my mom, didn't cry at her own mum's funeral. Yeah, your mum
1: and my dad are very similar. Like very that, similar. Where they both have that. I love the shit out of you, um, but I'm not going to tell you that. Oh,
0: yeah, but I'm a tough. But you know that tough cookie. And that's the thing. Like my mum didn't cry at her mum's funeral, but she went home that night and lost it in 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 her own space yeah. and in her own vulnerability and let her emotions out in her own way very similar grieving process to you with your mum, yeah but for me i really like i don't wouldn't say I overcompensate but i make sure that lexi and i sit down and we have deep conversations about her feelings her friends at school like we we communicate about she knows a lot that kid
1: mm, she's very smart
0: She knows so much and like she has the mental capacity to know about it. So I talk to her and I communicate. I let her know that it's safe to come to me if you're not feeling whatever. Not feeling safe or whatever the thing. And I don't ever want her. And I told my mom a lot. Like I never felt unsafe to go to my mom. She knew everything that I was doing. But she didn't know the depth of my emotions. Yeah. She knew what was going on in life. The surface level. It was a lot of surface level and no not not much depth now we have a lot deeper conversations because i'll dig them and provoke like come on like give me more give me more and sometimes she'll just shut it down and go no like it's fine you know like and i'm like okay she's just not not ready but even she says like following me on instagram she's learned so much about opening up and stuff like that yeah it's so interesting how we can actually teach our parents
1: yeah well i guess you just never stop learning whether you're a parent or a child or whatever you just it's one of those things it's lifelong learning i call it so
0: yeah and i actually believe that this generation like us like our age people and our kids what what is that like gen z and no what are we gen z gen z oh, no. Gen Z and gen whatever these kids are yeah we're here to break cycles like i truly believe we're yeah. here to teach older generations that like yeah. You know, how many people nowadays do you know that go do breath work, meditation, like mindfulness, wellness? They're working on their shit. They're like, gyms are full now. People are mental working health on their now health.
1: Is a lot. People are a lot more aware of that. Like, baby boomers are like, mental health, <laughs> whatever, get over it. But now it's like mental health. Some people still don't like respect the fact that mental health can be a problem. Yeah. But I think a lot of people do now and think, shit, there were so many people back in their day that, well, you know, needed some help and just didn't get it like, yeah
0: but it's but the people the mental health thing's there but people are, are doing something about it they're yeah, not that's just what going I mean, yeah. oh I've got mental health issues and that's that and using it as a cop out like a lot of people are doing something about it, Deal with it yeah. like and you know whether that be medication whether that be working on their like their psyche whether that be
1: yeah. the... I think the biggest one is like it's okay to not be okay is that it? yeah that's like the biggest thing where it's just like all these people were like yeah, all right. It's like I, I might have a problem or something. I don't have to hide it anymore. Like, mm. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it's like, not
0: weak to speak about it. Yeah, your emotions. just talk
1: to someone. Talk to anybody. Talk to your neighbor, your mum, your dad, your cat, whatever. Like, mm. Speak about it. And that's, it, like I always say, it's just communication. There's no point locking something in your brain where nobody else can access it
0: yeah and trying to deal with it on your
1: own especially if it's a problem you know like you've got a problem you lock it in your head
0: you're never going to fix it I think a lot of people feel have been made in their childhoods to feel like a burden yeah sit down and shut up Um, and so then they carry that that belief that they're a burden into their adulthood so they don't speak to anyone because they don't want to burden anyone It's definitely
1: the baby boomer theme it's like oh if there's something wrong with you like you'll end up in a mental hospital so just shut up and deal with it Mm, just hide it I've never really had a lot to do with mental health or anything like that, or been around many people that do. But so it's really hard for me to understand. But I think it's one of those things. You know, there's so many tools out there where if you're having a hard time, talk to someone. Mm. And and that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people have got it in their head. It's like oh, I've got to go see a shrink or whatever. It's like not really. You're like sometimes
0: you just need help. Space help. Just talk you. to
1: anybody. Yeah.
0: Oh. Do you know? I think a lot of the time talk. it's just that some people Nobody's need. Who is going listen? space held for them and that in itself is so healing and i think that's where like you know in the coaching industry people like coaches don't replace psychologists and therapists Mm. they don't but sometimes you know the difference when you have some stuff going on in your life where whether you need a psychologist or whether you just maybe need some space held for you and some advice yeah and that's where coaches come in just with space holders right we give advice can we diagnose mental health issues can we no that's not our job yeah that's not what we do but it's like speaking about your emotions and what's that that thing that you say is like um you wrote it on the whiteboard at work like help doesn't come to those who don't ask
1: help is always there for those who ask
0: yeah yeah help is always there for those who ask
1: yeah that's a prime example where you've got a problem you You're never going to solve a problem if it's just locked inside your brain and you're throwing the key away.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people, because they feel like burdens, don't want to talk to their friends and family or their workmates or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they think, oh, well, only a psychologist will because I'm paying them. Whatever. And people can't get into fucking psychologists because their mental health crisis from the pandemic. Yeah. No one can go see anyone. So then all this bad stuff's happening. It's like if people actually just opened up to the people around them, Mm. maybe we wouldn't have such an issue.
1: Yeah even like just a friend but like you just make time and space to talk to each other about stuff that you're yeah, uncomfortable with talking about like i i had a friend when our kids were young we have kids the similar age and we we just made it a i think it was a friday night dad catch-up mm. we just talked about parenting mm. about how fucking hard it is to have kids no idea what we're doing our wives are fucking crazy <laughs> Kids are crazy. No one's sleeping and shit. So we just made it. I think it was like a Friday or something. He would come to my house. I'd go to his house. And we'd literally just talk about dad life. Mm. And it was great. Like we both vented. I felt better afterwards. I hope he did too. No, um, he, he might was like, even oh. listen to this. You never know. Um, but I just felt like it was one of those things. And I, I thought to myself, there's probably so many people out there in the same position that just need a little dad club. Like mothers do. Mothers have mother's clubs when the kids are new and young. I
0: said, jeez, like, they need one for dads too. Maybe you should start one. Oh, maybe. My kids are bigger now. But I do know what I can. Kind of reflect something to you is like your workshop. Like, all right, so you've got a mechanic business, right? It's not that. That's not, Custer Auto Co. is not just a mechanics. It's a community. Yeah. How yes. many people come in and just stand there and chat? And we're not, we're not. Condoning that, like, don't everyone that comes there come in and every day and chat for hours, but like, when people are having a fucking hard time, sometimes they just come in and they'll just stand there. Like, how m- you've had a few people yeah, a come in and a lot yeah just come in and maybe just stand there and you can tell we
1: have a few regulars that just come in to catch up and just chat and we talk about things and, which I love, which is hard because at the end of the day it's a business and you try to get shit done, but. I love the fact that people can just come and talk to each other and bounce off the the boys and I and vice versa. Mm. And, you know, really good role models too. We have a couple of guys that come in quite frequently and they offer some really good advice, Mm. especially to me, and Mm. business advice, life advice, kids, everything. And I really appreciate that. But it, it is a fine line between making it a workplace and a hangout.
0: But But, yeah, but I think maybe we could hold some kind of event where people can meet and like, that would be cool. Yeah,
1: well, I keep saying I want to make a bar upstairs, and we can just people just we can all just catch up on Friday nights. Yeah, after
0: (laughs) hours, not during work hours, because we need to have some productivity going in there. Mm. Um, but I do, you know, like you said, you've got some people that come in and they're like role models. I actually think you are a role model. Maybe. No, not maybe. I think you are a role model. Mm. I don't think you even see it. But like from the... I'm not on the outside. But if I was to zoom out and look at you, you were a young larrikin who did some stupid shit when you were younger.
1: A lot of stupid shit. A lot
0: of stupid shit when you were younger.
1: But I don't regret that.
0: Wasted a lot of money partying, drinking, smoking weed, whatever you used to do.
1: Did things the hard way, Connor.
0: Did things the hard way. You learnt your lessons. You settled down, so, sort of. We've never, like, quotations, settled down and, like, just become grandpa- grandmas and ah, grandpas. No we way. still have... I feel like we have more fun now than we used to.
1: Yeah, we're definitely at a stage now where it's like, yeah, this is uh, We
0: have a fucking good life. Like, we have a lot of fun yeah. and, like, all that stuff. But, like, you, you know, you you went out on a, li- uh, a limb, a whim, I don't know what the saying is. Limb? When you had two young kids, you two mm. little young kids, you started a business from scratch, like literal yep. scratch. I'm talking empty factory, four concrete walls. That's it. Give me a big head now. Give you a big head. I think you, maybe you need a bit of a big head. Sometimes you're too humble. Mm. But you 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 started this business. Not only did you start a business, you you started building a legacy. You people know who you are, and not for necessarily the work you do. Yes, the work you do is great, but. It's the reputation of your brand, Hmm. of who you are, your business values.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, it is a community. To me, I see it as a community. The customer, like, when I chat to people on the phone and stuff, they're like, I've heard about you from so-and-so, like, you know, they said you guys are great. Sometimes that person's never even been to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah.
0: It's either they've followed us on Instagram and got to know who we are, and that's something that you do really well. But it's like... It's who you are. Like, you've you've helped a lot of people out and you will never come out and even talk about that. But you've helped people out that have been doing it really tough. Yeah, sometimes. And when we talk about mental health, that's probably something for you where it's like, there's been one in particular Mm. where he said, you know, I've been in a very dark place and this has given me some hope kind of thing. And I think it's like a thing where for you and we've spoken about this before is like it's not just a get rich quick scheme
1: no that never has but that was never the plan
0: ever Ever. it's like you not you want to help people you want to like and i feel like mechanics get such a bad rap don't they
1: yeah they do
0: for, for ripping people off and all of that stuff And like this was something one of our vision like one of our values and our vision from the beginning Was like, I had the hair, like the salon, so I had predominantly women based clientele. And it was like, so many mechanics rip women off because they don't know what they're talking about or talk to them like they're dumb. And even one of the reviews that you got the other day was like, they didn't speak to me like I was dumb. Like, they just gave it, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't treat women any differently than you treat anyone else. No. Because that's not who you are. Yeah. That's not your values. It's definitely not like our guys.
1: It's always been about that. It's, it's never been Always. about making money. It's like, obviously, you've got to make money to do it. Um, but I think we talked really early on about the five things that we want to make it do. And one of them was just help people. Yeah. Which, And then making money was second because you can't help people without making money.
0: Well, that's... you to be And you've got to help your yourself. Yeah, it's 100%. got to be a hundred business. But,
1: like, offering a service that other people don't offer. Well, yeah. And Exceptional. And just, just help people. Like
0: customer service
1: and if you can make money while you're helping people then fucking you're kicking goals so
0: exceptional customer service amazing quality like work
1: yep
0: and a good work environment for the boys like that is that was was one of the
1: other things one of the other top five things that I wanted when I started the business was I wanted to create a space where the people that worked there were fucking happy
0: and wanted to come to work and wanted to come to work like because I was
1: I've been to places where it was like yeah work was shit or you know it was like it was just a job it was like oh do I really have to go there but work's always going to be like that, but I wanted to create a place where it was like, Oh, yeah, going to work. It's like, you know, when you get there, it's not going to be some grumpy prick, it's just going to be a cool place to be.
0: Yeah, I think some places that push and they have super high profit margins are the places that it's probably not a, a pleasant place to work, but there's that fine line hey, between like, being lax and, like, chill. And, like, you still need products if you still actually... Like, for you guys to have a job, we actually do need to make
1: money. I walk walk that line every day and I balance on that line between making enough money to make sure the doors stay open and making sure everyone has a good time. Like, it's not easy, but that's that's the job you fucking take on when you take it on.
0: Yeah, and we spoke about, like, you wanting to help people out, I think, was your, like... Oh, like look after people was your thing and I said like you can look after people not just in the sense of giving them a cheap service like you know like you were discounting the rates for a lot of people because you wanted to help them out but it's like you can actually help people out in so many other ways and you do it's the little things like dropping them back at home yeah dropping their car back for them picking their car up for them like yeah. giving them a like someone recently when some mistake happened you gave them your fucking personal car because a mistake had happened in the workshop. And it's like, it's not about the mistake that's happened. That, you can't change that. Yeah. How, do you, how do you rectify it? Yeah. And you, like, whilst it wasn't ideal and we didn't want to do that, you weren't just like, oh, sorry, mate. Like, you're going to have to go without a car. You were like, take my personal car that literally got my kids' car seats in it yeah. and I will figure it out. And we...
1: So he didn't get left high and dry.
0: So he didn't get left high and dry. And that's like selflessness but that also shows your values and morals as a person but as a business owner as well yeah and i think that's very important in any business to have your values and your morals set out of like do you know what i think is a big one how do you want people to feel when they leave your business yeah that that's how i that's how i operated from my salon how do i want people to feel i want them to feel like they've just come into the safest space that was the biggest thing for me it was to be a safe space where they walk out feeling 10 times better than they walked in yeah and for you it's like you know you want people to walk out going "Fuck, that was just so nice yeah
1: like my name's on the building and i've always said like i'll always make sure everything's perfect yeah you know, it's, it's your name at the end of the day and it's mm-hmm. like you know i don't ever want for for example this is a wild example but it's like i don't ever want you know my dad or anyone my brother someone with my name to go oh I'm such and such and they go oh that dodgy cut you know like
0: which yeah there are are a lot of people around that people say that about
1: I love the opposite they go oh oh oh, you're Sean's dad rah rah oh geez, like I've heard such good things rah rah it's like what else could you want more than that do you know what
0: it all boils down to
1: but it's not all about ego and reputation but it's like it's a a really good kickback
0: well it's not about ego and reputation it all boils down to one thing and that's integrity
1: yeah i was gonna say that yeah
0: integrity it's a massive thing for us it always has been you are one of the most integ is it integrous integral integral it's not the word i've googled it at ages integrous you are one of the most integrous humans i've ever met like your integrity is so fucking strong Mm. and like that shows in your in our honestly in our marriage in our kids in our business like everything it's yeah. just and and you know that's what i think a lot of people need to look at is their integrity doing what you know is is like it's choosing courage over comfort but it's also doing what you know is right not what's easy yeah or what benefits you the most yeah
1: for sure yeah morals like
0: yeah yeah still morals morals but with still having boundaries yeah I think
1: yeah. it's Im- important not to just be a pushover, people pleaser. Because quite often, like, yeah, you know, I think about morals a lot. And it's just, like, if you die tomorrow, like, you don't want to just... Be, I don't know. Like, you don't want to be thought of as, like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's, like, if someone they knew, you can say, oh, look, like, they had really good morals. Like,
0: there's, oh, there's like, no higher respect. Uh, it's, like, respect, it's, like... To, it's like I've spoken about this on my podcast before But it's like Oh At your funeral Yeah Sean was Sean was, yeah, oh, was Sean was a Real baller man He was a hustler Like He was bringing in He was going big He was going hard His business was huge He did this he, They're not saying that No
1: one gives a fuck about that no shit No one
0: gives a fuck about that shit When you die What they give a fuck about Is the kind of human that you were And the impact mm. you left on the world yeah. He was a fucking lovely, loving dad The most integrous human Like yeah. He did, like you're always there for people. You're just a good bloke, mate. Just a good bloke. This is why we love ya. Like
1: I always think the same about other people. Like someone come up, you know, about anybody, but oh, you know, such and such, and I think, oh yeah, I know them. Great person, helped me out, did this for me, did that for me. What an absolute legend of a person.
0: Because you go off of how they made you feel. Yeah,
1: like, and I always just think, like, I'd love if the roles were switched and someone was talking about me, they could say, oh. Well, yeah, like really help me out, Did this, did that. They great, do, great dude. Like, <laughs> they do.
0: That's what you want. Like, people say it to me all the time, but I, I think that's probably big, not
1: everyone. Probably people probably say I'm a fucking prick and I'm an asshole. Like, I don't think so, but I try not to make that.
0: We well, can't keep stigma. everyone happy. Oh, you can't win
1: them all. Like, like
0: you can't keep everyone happy, and at the end of the day, you'll die trying. Yeah. But yeah, I just think that like
1: I'll always go out of my way to try and help someone or. Whatever they're doing, or can I help? What, how how can we do something for you? No, that kind of thing, right?
0: And I think that's probably a really big takeaway from this podcast is like, do you, how do you make people feel? Like actually, it, I think that's a very big eye opening thing of like, yeah. can you be more conscious of how you make people feel? Because mm. that's what's going to determine how you're remembered, how you make people feel. Yeah. And like that doesn't mean you always have to be kind and nice and light and love. Like sometimes you have. To, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to be direct with someone and tell them straight. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're constantly making people feel like shit.
1: Mm.
0: Not good, Robo. <laughs> no, <good. laughs> no good. No good. All right, I think we're gonna la- leave it there because we'll go cook dinner. Yeah. Thanks for joining. I liked this. I like this too. Come back again.
1: Yeah, anytime. Anytime. We'll talk about sex next time.
0: So, mm. Hmm. Okay.
1: Follow our only fans.
0: Well, we don't have an only <laughs> fans. Maybe I should start a foot one. Our yeah,
1: potty fans.
0: Do you think people would buy pictures of my feet?
1: Not with themselves, socks, they?
0: They're fine. I've got yeah. little jelly bean toes. Definitely wouldn't be selling any fucking pictures of those. your dirty demon toes. Just
1: ask the people what they want to hear and we'll reflect we'll back.
0: Okay. Alright. Ciao. Bye.